cool. Uh, scene one, external church sunset. A blue butterfly appears in the sky and dances through the air on its way down to earth. The butterfly descends in front of a church and gently lands on the cement sidewalk in front of it. The girl's boot walks into frame and steps next to the butterfly. The camera moves up from the boot to reveal Beckett, 17. The camera stops on her face and Beckett's green eyes stare directly into the lens. Oh, yeah. I'm the girl nobody knows until she kills herself. And then suddenly, everyone's had a class with her. Tonight's the night I put those words to the test. Becca turns and walks inside the church. A bag hangs on her shoulders into your church. Becca walks into the church and makes her way to the front. She talks to the audience as she walks. What kind of kid do you think I am? What kind of kid do I look like to you? Some kind of pot smoker? Hmm, maybe a goth? Or a nerd? Yeah, the nerds think I hang out with the cool kids. What the fuck is a cool kid, anyway? As if out of nowhere, janitor Carlos slides behind her and begins sweeping the floor. You know that I actually hate being alone? I love people, I just have no clue how to tell them that. Walk to the front of the church. I came here tonight to figure out what I should do. And there's only one person I trust that could help me make this decision. She kneels down. Unfortunately, she died this year. Um, and now that school's over, I don't know if I'm gonna be going back for the fall. Mom, I was just wondering if you were there. You know, I'm afraid to go to this party tonight. It's literally the biggest one of the year. Everybody's gonna be there. And I was just hoping that maybe you could give me a sign whether I should go or not. I miss seeing familiar faces. I just, I mean, nobody, nobody's gonna notice me or say hi to me or know my name. And I'm just, I'm just gonna disappear into the background and just like countless others. Front doors close. Beckett turns to see Carlos locking up and sweeping the foyer. Beckett lowers her voice a bit and looks back up at the cross. I know Ashley will be there tonight. Maybe she'll forgive me. I'm scared that he's gonna show up again. And lurking in the shadows. The last time he came to the party, um, I almost never recovered. Vámonos, chica. Un momento. Venga, quiero llegar a mi casa. Por supuesto, mi corazón. Un momento, momento. Ah, pinche bonita. Okay, mom. Fuck it. I'm gonna go to the party tonight. Um, I'm gonna go to the party tonight. Are you guys coming too? Carlos has moved to the pew behind Beckett and waves his broom at her head playfully. Hey, hey, vamos, vamos. 
She has a playful exchange with Carlos as she makes her way out of the pew and of the church. Across town at night, Beckett walks along the sidewalk and talks to the camera. When I was nine years old, my dad left and moved to Seattle to live with some viola player he'd fallen in love with. I never really knew why my parents, I never really understood why my parents didn't have any more kids. It turns out that my dad never loved my mom and I'm lucky to even be here. There's a bed over the trash can next to the crumpled flyer for tonight's party is on top. Maggie walks past the flyer and pulls up in a comic book from her bag. You know, when I was little, I never really had anyone to play with me. So I always turned to comic books. They were always there for me, even the bad ones. As long as they had a beginning, a middle, and an end, then I didn't care. I mean, they were never more than an arm's reach away from me. I could always rely on the stories, and especially when I was uncomfortable, I always turned to the comic book. Something just doesn't feel right. There needs to be more light. We suddenly notice Christmas lights on the houses in the background. Beckett smiles. Much better. Beckett out from her monologue when she hears her name being called from across the street. She gets a nervous look on her face and hunkers down a bit. She looks across the street toward this burrito place and sees Morgan standing up and yelling Beckett's name. Beckett can see another person sitting down with her but can't make out who it is because the person's back is turned to her. Morgan keeps yelling for a few seconds. A large bus passes by and Beckett disappears down the block. Into your falafel shop at night, Beckett walks into a local, locally owned falafel shop. Beckett sees a Z prepping some food in the back. He sees a new customer walk in. He sees Beckett smiling at him and waving. Z stands up tall and smiles a broad grin back while returning the wave. As he wipes his hands and walks to the counter, Beckett addresses the camera again. Aziz is the closest thing I have to a friend at school. I mean, we've never really talked about it, but I think since neither one of us have siblings, we just get along well. Hello, Beckett. Hey, Aziz. Um, I've actually never even been in here before. I've just ordered for delivery. Thank you. Uh, it is my father's. Uh, I would like to own it someday. Uh, I'm very proud of my father. Well, that's really cool, Aziz. Um, didn't you guys used to sell pizza here? Uh, I'm sorry, no. Falafels and sandwiches only. Hold on, right. guys. Here, I might interject uh, when I have a question. So, Ryan, wouldn't she know that they don't have no, pizza? I already have it circled. Okay, all right, cool. Sounds good. All right, continue. Uh, Right. What about onion rings? Uh, of course. Aziz goes into the back and drops an order of onion rings in the fryer. While he does this, Mega takes out all the money she has, half a bill and some loose change. Aziz looks up from the fryer. Have you heard about the party tonight? Exterior pier, Charles performing. Beckett hears music and walks to the source of the playing, her hands empty of food. She walks along the pier and sees Charles, a street performer with the violin. Charles looks up at the small crowd gathered to watch him play. He connects eyes with Beckett and gives a nod. She nods and smiles back. Maybe, maybe I just shouldn't go to the party tonight. I mean, it's not like anyone would blame me for it. I see you thinking under that hat, sweet pea. Don't give up on the, on the night. Thank, thank you. 
Charles always knows what to say. Charles then wanders over to a young couple and watches them hold each other as he plays. Beckett watches. Beckett waits until Charles isn't facing her, then takes the same money from earlier and drops it into his open violin case. The money lands in the neck of the case. Beckett turns to the lens. Not enough to buy me some O-rings, but maybe it'll make him smile. Beckett walks away before Charles can notice. Exterior pier. A long pier stretches 300 feet out into the ocean. There are lamps on the edges of the dock. Beckett walks down the middle of the pier. There is no one around to hear her address her mom again. Mom. Nobody, nobody even knows who I am. Like, what's the point? If I go into that party tonight, I guarantee you I won't even make it past the front door. Not because I can't find it, but because they wouldn't let me in. I mean, I never, I never went to any of the events or dances or never joined any of the clubs. And the, the one time I finally got a yearbook, nobody signed it. Well, I remember I actually left it in the library and I debated if I should even go back to get it. Okay, well, there was this one signature in it, but the handwriting was so shitty. All I could make out was the last part and it said, have a great summer. Like it climbs to the top of the railing and holds onto a lamppost. She closes her eyes and listens to the waves roll by. <clears throat> I have no... I have no mom. I lost all of my friends. The money's running out. And I'm cursing your shadow. I have no reason to be here. Like it holds a foot over the ledge and lets herself dangle outward. Suddenly her foot slips and she loses her footing. Both of her arms cling onto the lamppost. Hey, real quick, Kat, uh, at this moment, it'd be nice if we could have a scarf around your neck that blows away in the wind and goes and flies into the ocean. Uh, do you think you could bring a, a I forgot to put it in, Kev. I was going to have a, her drop a comic book into the water. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot to add it. Yeah, if we could do both, a comic book and a scarf, that'd be nice. Okay. So Kat, do you have a scarf that you don't mind throwing into the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, just try to keep it white or bright, you know? Okay. Choice. Yeah. Trying to make people smile here. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. Uh, suddenly her foot slips and she loses her footing. Both of her arms cling onto the lamppost. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I'm doing here. This pier is making me think too much. Comes back down and walks away from the pier. Beach night, Beckett walks up to a swing set and sits down on one of the swings facing toward the ocean. She stares directly into the camera's lens. Isn't it funny that no matter what thoughts are going through our minds that our bodies 
can still somehow always guide us to where it knows we need to be. I have butterflies about tonight, about seeing Ashley. I mean, the last time I talked to her was ago. And yeah, it's been years. He doesn't know anything about my mom, about me. I could hear the sounds of the party again, calling her, she lets out a sigh. Uh, fuck it. Fuck it. Becca jumps off the swing and walks toward the sounds of the party, fade to black. Exterior party house, out front. Becca bursts out of the front door of the house. She bumps into a kid, Ryan, who was coming in just as fast as she was coming out. They both collide. Ryan watches Becca scramble up to her feet and run. Whoa, sorry. There are a few other kids outside, but they take zero notice of Becca runs from the house and directly up to the camera's lens. I knew that I should have just stayed at the pier and not. Make it. <sighs> just hold it in. Don't you dare. Don't, don't let them see you break. Beckett turns and hurries up the street and away from the party. Exterior party house up the street. Beckett runs far enough away so that the sounds of the party can no longer be heard. She gets down to the curb and wipes her face clear of the two or three tears she let fall out. Beckett opens her bag to pull out a comic, but her bag is empty. What the, what the fuck? Suddenly she hears sirens approaching. She stands up and at first she can't tell what direction they're coming from, but they're definitely getting louder. The next thing she knows, cop cars race past her, one by one, lights and sirens wailing, followed by an ambulance. Beckett's hair flings across her face as each vehicle passes. I wonder if this one even knows my name. All right, sorry, one more time. Hey, Ryan, so how come when she, oh, so, Ah, okay, so I just figured it out. There's no comic book in her backpack because it blows off into the water, huh? That, yeah. Or is this some or, like- Or it's just a supernatural thing of like, cause it's panicked, she, when she's panicked, you know what I mean? She's like vulnerable at that moment. And so she, her comic books aren't there for her to, uh, um, to comfort her. Ah, cool, cool, thanks. Uh, Beckett's hair flings across her face as each vehicle passes. Mm, hey, what would happen? Uh, exterior Morgan's house, night. Morgan gets out of an old blue beetle and walks up to the front door of her house with impatience. She addresses the camera as well as she walks. I had no idea why my parents called me back home five minutes after I left the house. Was it because something was wrong with the car? Or was it because I had only driven it around the block a few times since I got my license a few weeks ago? I had a really hard time with the written part. Stop judging. Morgan turns and continues walking into her home. It's <laughs> here <laughs> Morgan's home living room. Morgan walks into the living room and stands. Her stepfather, her stepdad, Frank, is sitting in his chair, facing away from the room. There is a baseball game on TV, far too loud volume. Her real mom, Alice, sits at the end of the couch, playing a game on her phone, and neither of them look at Morgan. What gives? Something wrong with the beetle? Put the keys down. 
No. Hand me the keys. Tell me why I have to. Alice wrestles the keys away from Morgan. You're not allowed to take the car without permission, young lady. Have you both lost your fucking mind? I was literally standing in this exact same spot no more than five minutes ago, and I said I was going to take the car to Ashley's. And what did we tell you? You didn't say anything. Uh, something ha happened on TV that got him excited. Then I said bye, and you both waved at me. Dad said nothing, of course. And what does that mean? Oregon takes center stage. She puts down her bag and mocks and imitates her stepdad, doing nothing but watching TV all day. Frank spins around in his chair and points his finger at her. There is now a football game on the TV. I'm still your stepfather, goddammit. Show me some respect. Dad? You know, Hi. go upstairs to your room. Now. Mom. Do as you're told. Morgan's mouth remains open. She can't help but start laughing. Then mom doesn't find this funny. <laughs> uh, I'm not joking, Morgan. Get upstairs. Morgan picks up her bag and storms toward the stairs. Her mother snaps her fingers and points. Oh, take off those shoes. Morgan kicks both her shoes off in the direction of her parents and then continues her march upstairs. Interior Morgan's room. Morgan storms in her bedroom and slams the door behind her. She puts on music and pots herself down on the bed and immediately draws her cell phone to text Ashley. Uh, insert phone. Ash, change of plan. Something's wrong with the car. She'll have to come pick me up. Morgan sets the phone down and waits for a response and looks at the camera. I'm texting my best friend, Ashley. Insert phone. What's wrong with the beetle? Uh, insert phone, forget about the beetle. Ashley is a lot more cautious than I am. <laughs> if she knew I was telling her to come pick me up, but to park down the block and not in my driveway because I was actually going to have to sneak out of my house tonight, well, there's no way she'd go for it. Morgan gets another response from Ashley. That sucks about the car. No worries, though. I'll come get you. Morgan smiles. She stands and begins to make up for bed. Mind you, this is the very first time I've ever attempted to sneak out of my house, so all you experts out there, keep your mouths shut. Morgan finishes stuffing pillows into her bed to make it look like a sleeping body, and then she walks over to her closet. And to all you ladies out there, I don't want to hear nothing about my shoes tonight either. I had my whole outfit planned around those other ones, and I don't have time to change. She dims the lights in her room and reaches for her purse. She fumbles it, and it drops on the floor with a thud. Morgan freezes. Uh, interior Morgan's home living room. Alice and Frank sit immobile as the thud occurs. Morgan? Keep it down up there, please. Interior Morgan's room. Morgan pans her head toward the camera. I could shoot myself in here and my parents wouldn't even notice for a freaking week. Morgan climbs to her window, moves to her window and opens it as quietly as she can then heads outside. Exterior Morgan's home. She climbs out of her bedroom window and sneaks away from her house. Into your exterior, Ashley's car. Ashley sees Morgan running down the street toward her car. Morgan runs around at the passenger side and quickly gets it. Go, go, go! Morgan taps What's the dash. It? Oh, Ashley puts her blinker on and checks for any coming cars, pulls out onto the road and drives away. Ashley looks at Morgan as she puts on her seatbelt. What's the go? How come you couldn't use the beetle? Uh, oh, just your typical, we didn't hear you bullshit. Dad and mom always pull. You call her mom most of the time. 
I like to refer to her as Alice when she's making me upset. <laughs> so nothing's wrong with the beetle? Not as far as I know. So why have me pick you up a block away? Because, Ash, I can't exactly sneak out of my house for the first time, only to have my getaway driver park in the driveway. Morgan, what's the matter with you? You snuck out? You hear when her voice gets all high-pitched like that? I do that to her a lot. Fine. We'll just hang out at my place until the party starts. Uh, not your place. Why not? Because, Ash, if my parents do, in the unlikely event, uncover that I'm gone, well, logically, your place would be the first place they'd look. <laughs> you have a little more, just so my line makes sense. You have to say. Mm. You have plans tonight. I've got plans tonight. Like what? Mm, more like who? How about burritos? Fuck yeah. Place smiles, puts her blinker on and takes the next turn. Interior Ashley's car at the burrito place. Ashley's car pulls into a parking spot in the crowded parking lot of the burrito place. Ashley turns off the engine and looks at Morgan. Well, look on the bright side. We only have one more year to go before we get to put these past four years behind us. You don't think things just get worse after you graduate. I like to look at the brighter side of things, not be so pessimistic. I wish I had your spirit, girl, but you don't get to pick your parents, but you do get to pick your friends, and I choose you. <laughs> and I choose you. You ready? Yep, I'm famished. Morgan and Ashley both get out of the car and race each other inside. Exterior burrito place at the table. Ashley and Morgan sit at a table outside eating their burritos. There are several other patrons around going in and out. It's a popular hangout during this hour of a Friday night. Morgan looks across the street while she chews bites. Her eyes see someone. Oh, fuck. What is it? Oh, nothing. Oh my god, Becky, I wonder what she's doing out tonight. Who cares? I wonder if she's going to the party tonight. She'd better not be. That bitch is a psycho. Stop it. I have an idea. Why don't we both see what Beckett's up to? You know, since she stopped talking to you. Uh, Morgan stands up. Beckett! Oh. Yo, Beckett! Ashley buries her head in embarrassment as Beckett looks up toward Morgan from across the street. Hey, why don't you come say hi? I've been meaning to talk to you. Beckett stops and sees Morgan and ducks her head. A large bus drives past and Beckett disappears behind it. Morgan sits back down, proud of her annoying accomplishment. Ashley shakes her head. You know, you can be a real bitch sometimes. I'm sorry, but what would you do if I all of a sudden stopped talking to you? It sounds to me like you're a bit jealous. What? I am not jealous. I am fucking jealous. But let me explain. For two years now, I've had to put up with Ashley crying about her best friend, who she met before me, who just stopped talking to her all of a sudden. Now, explain to me what kind of a friend acts like that. I would continue, but this carne asada is so fucking good. I need a second. <laughs> I need a second mom. <laughs> Stimulates my line. What do you think about Ryan? 
Ryan Brunner. Yeah. I mean, he's hot, but a bit of a man whore for my taste. Not for you, dumbass. For me. Absolutely not. It's only been a week since you broke up with Josh. Plus, you never want to go for an ex's friend. Ah, Josh. And I dated for six months, and he refused to have sex with me. Ryan has sex with girls before he knows their last name. I just want some dick, damn it. Look, look, I know what you all are thinking, and you're right. I only want to have sex with someone to fill the void in my heart. I mean, you're right. My father died when... All right. Um, this, I feel like... So the script doesn't... I don't have a father? Um, for yeah. this draft? Yeah. yeah. Are, we, are we sold on that? Can we change it back to... Sure. I, to I, being yeah. a real biological father? Okay, I mean, you're right. My father died when I was three. Nevertheless, I'm going to be a senior next year and my hymen is still intact. I'm sure you guys out there can relate. Well, just try to keep it in your pants tonight or at least for the next few minutes. Why? Because guess who just pulled up with all his friends? Morgan turns around to see, uh, half a bite in her mouth, a piece of lettuce dangling from the side. She and Ashley see Josh and his friends, Matt, Tommy, Daniel, and Ryan all get out of his white truck. Maybe I should have thought twice about this whole sneaking out thing. Exterior, Matt's house. Tommy and Josh are standing outside the side of Josh's white pickup truck. Tommy is smoking a vape pen. Josh is staring at the ground while he breaks apart a twig in his hands. Tommy looks at his friends as he talks to the audience. Josh hadn't said anything to me now for about five minutes. I counted. He looked like he was in so much pain and suffering right now. I know what some of you bloomers are thinking. We're only in high school. Wait till we have to deal with the real world, right? Well, I think a lot of people forget what it's like to actually live through high school. It can be tough, especially trying to navigate a storm of hormones constantly raging. But forget all that. All I know is that my buddy is hurting and I wanted to do anything I could to make him feel better. But Josh. Yeah? You know, it's not right the way she left you like she did. You know, you guys keep saying that. Well, what else can we do about it? Fucking kill her. <laughs> okay. Tommy takes one last drag off his pen before tucking <laughs> back into his pocket. The two of them step away from the car and head back inside to Matt's house. Uh, interior of Matt's house. Tommy and Josh come down the stairs into the finished basement of Matt's house. It is a teenage boy's dream hangout. Ryan and Daniel are playing Xbox, and Matt is on a beanbag watching them. Josh pops down on one of the two couches that don't match and looks at Josh. Matt looks at Josh. Lost your place, dude. It's cool, had some, uh, some thinking to do. Tommy sits down at a chair across the room, he smiles and looks at the camera. Five of us have all been best buds since the fifth grade. Right, we've, we've had our fair shares of ups and downs, but Josh was always the one to hold us together. He was always the one to get us to rounds, even when we didn't feel like it. And he didn't even need to smoke or drink to do it. Tommy looks at Josh, who's watching the gameplay of the Tommy looks at Josh's hands, which both have black X marks on them. He looks again at the lens. Straight edge, as he called it. It's why he always drew those black X marks on his hands. But this was different, you know? This girl fucking ripped his heart out and shat all over it. So, I mean, she had to die, right? Yo, Josh, why don't you tell them what you told me outside? 
What, you mean killing Morgan? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Dragging her behind my truck for a couple of miles sounds like fun right now. Dude, why don't we push her off the bluff? I mean, you can invite her up there or something with Ryan hiding in the bushes, and then when the moment's right, you can push her. Why does it have to be me? Because you've got the looks that kill. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys being serious talking about this? Why not? What she did to Josh was pretty fucked up. You know, we could all get some wooden bats and beat her like a pinata. Antifreeze. We pour some in her beard tonight at the party. Why not just shoot her? Does anyone have a gun? If you shot her, then the news would probably get involved. And if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> Why do you even open your mouth, dude? Uh, the problem is, if you had just choked her or something when, when she broke up with you, then it would be a crime of passion or something. The fact that we're all sitting here talking about it makes it premeditated. That's like the first degree murder or something. Not to mention, we'd all be guilty of conspiracy. You know, I'm just saying, I've never heard the full story. I just heard that the two of you were done all of a sudden. Well, Morgan asked me why I didn't want to have sex with her. I tried telling her it's not that I didn't want to have sex with her. It's that I don't want to have sex with anybody, at least until I'm married. That's what I believe in. And that's what I think God would want from me. It had nothing to do with her. She basically told me if I didn't want to have sex with her, it meant I didn't love her. I told her because I do love her that I don't have sex with her. She thought I was full of crap and told me she never wanted to see me again. This is the first time she brought it up with you? Yeah. You know, up until a week ago, I, I thought everything was perfect. You kind of wish you just had sex with her and got it over with? Yo, at least I got morals. I don't fuck everything on moves. Jesus. You see what I mean about Josh throwing off the whole vibe of the crew? Now I need a smoke. Yeah, me too. Yo, yo, keep it low-key till you get to the truck. Yeah, I had to lie to my mom about us quitting the hell does she think we're due when we go out there a dozen times a night? I don't know. Play catch? Something. Laughs. Josh is the first night outside. They just follow. Everyone gets up and they go outside. Exterior of Matt's house. Josh opens up the tailgate to his truck and everyone finds their spot to sit and chill. They all pull out their pens except Josh. Tommy looks at Josh sulking. I wanted to smack him upside the head or something. I mean, something to get him out of this mood. He was the guy that we all relied on to get us out of our shit when it went down. You could go to Josh's house at 3 a.m. and he'd help you if you needed to bitch about your parents or your girlfriend or whatever. I would know because I'd done it more than once. But, you know, I hated Morgan for what she was doing to him and for what it was doing to us. No, guys, forget it. Forget it? Josh walks to the driver's side door, fishes for his keys. Everyone stops and looks at each other, then at Josh. Tommy walks around to Josh, who has his door open. Dude, who gives a shit about Morgan? Who cares if she's going to be at the party tonight? None of us really want to go, but we can't not go. Why not just show up there and let her know what a great time you're able to have without her? Nah, bro. <sighs> oh, shit. Come on, man. You can't bail on us. Yeah, man. I mean, who gives a shit about Morgan? Josh's stats are flipping his keys. You're gonna call me in the morning. See if I'm still here. 
And what the fuck is he talking about now? Look, look, man, tonight's the night. We gotta go. Who's gonna drive the getaway car when we poison her? Hey, I thought we were gonna shoot her, then toss her body over the cliffs. Nobody has a gun, remember? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever we do, I'm, I'm gonna need to eat first. Uh, where <laughs> should we go? Man, that man can be real clever when he wants. We got him. Josh. Yo, sorry guys, I just think- Matt uh, breaks I, tension by letting out a long and loud fart. <laughs> and Matt for the win. It lasts, Then communicated only through looks and laughter, everyone piles into his truck. Everyone finishes piling in and Josh starts up his truck. Tommy looks at the lens as everyone piles in around him. Whatever it was Josh meant about not being here in the morning, he never brought it up again and we never asked. <laughs> but I wasn't just hungry. I had butterflies about tonight and about this party. How many of the boys finish packing in and drive off? Interior, exterior, Josh's truck at the burrito place. Josh pulls his truck into the crowded lot and carefully squeezes his car into a parking spot. Daniel spots Ashley and Morgan sitting at a table out front. He leans over to Tommy. Guess who? Ah, shit. Josh puts his car in park, shuts the engine off. Tommy leans forward. Hey, man, uh, we should probably go somewhere else. Why? Uh, Josh sees past Tommy. You can see Morgan sitting with Ashley at a table. His smile disappears. Matt turns around and looks, and so does Ryan. As hungry as I am, I'd be totally okay going somewhere else. Yeah, I remember there's that pizza place on State. Oh, or that falafel place. That stomach rumbles. Everyone looks for Josh to make a decision. He holds his composure. No, it's fine. I mean, I'll leave her too, right? We're bound to cross paths sooner or later. Exterior burrito place, the group of guys gets out of the truck and assemble on Josh as they all march to the doors of the burrito place. Tommy and Ashley are trying not to look at them, but look at them. The camera as the group walks. I'd known Ashley since freshman year, and for some reason we always had English class together. And Morgan sticks to Ashley like poop on a shoe, and I'd only known her as being my best buds girlfriend. Sorry, ex-girlfriend. Hey, what's up? Morgan and Ashley say nothing as the rest of the crew walk behind Josh, each taking a look at the table. Tommy hangs back. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Tommy. How'd you end up doing on Miss Court's final? Oh, I'd read the book a bunch when I was a kid, so I feel pretty good about it. You? Oh, pretty good, I think. <clears throat> so uh, you guys going to that party tonight? Yeah. This one here has plans to get completely wasted and piss off her parents. Ah, uh, one of those nights, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys all go? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess we'll see you all there. Yeah, see you there. Tommy walks through the order window, joins the rest of the crew, but keeps his eyes on Morgan. He bumps into Daniel. Easy, tiger. Uh, Tommy smiles, Ryan is texting on his phone and puts it away. Well, boys, I've got my plans all laid out for me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to be having sex tonight. Tonight. That's right. What happened to never leaving a fallen soldier behind? Where's my girl at, man? <sighs> Whose expectations are you about to disappoint this time? You know, that's none of your business. That's who... Dick... 
Tommy laughs as he looks back at Morgan and sees she's staring at the group. Suddenly, he realizes something, looks at the camera. Holy shit. She's not checking out Josh. She's checking out Ryan. Craptastic. Wait, 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 wait. You don't think Ryan was texting Morgan now, just was he? Was he? No way, no way. Ryan would never do that to one of us. Right? Just then, Josh walks past Tommy. Tommy bumps into him from the wall, into the wall of the burrito place. Yo, fucker. Josh pushes Tommy back. <laughs> <laughs> playfully punch and push each other until Tommy lets him get by. Tommy has his eyes on Morgan the whole time. She doesn't even notice Josh and instead keeps her eyes locked on Ryan. Hey, you're going to get something. No, 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 no. I'm not that hungry. That's a lie. But I'm not about to let that shit go down. Tommy follows after Josh. Uh, Josh stops walking, and his fists clench tighter around his paper bag of food. Josh turns toward Ashley and Morgan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Are you going to the party tonight? Um, yeah. Do you think maybe we can talk? Talk about what? Us? There is no us. If you want to tell me something, go ahead, say it. Man, I thought he was about to let her have it. Maybe not just yet. Josh walks back to his truck. Ryan and Daniel are walking back from Rita Place, headed to Josh's truck as well. Tommy starts to go with them, but stops and steps toward Morgan. Look, Morgan, I'm sure you have your reasons, but what you did to Josh was pretty fucked up. Oh, you think I'm fucked up? What about him? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I didn't say you were fucked up. I said what you did was pretty fucked up. Get your ears checked and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Why don't you just go jerk off your bestie in the back of his fucking pickup truck? I'm sure his dick would appreciate it. Oregon hurls the rest of her burrito in Tommy's general direction, but the pieces only reach about 10 feet or so. Tommy smiles as he walks back to the truck. Matt is sitting on the edge of the tailgate with his mouth full. Everything cool? Yeah, just help me keep an eye on Josh tonight. I don't want her to hurt him anymore. <laughs> Josh starts up his truck and Tommy addresses the audience once more. All that murder talk you heard earlier was all bullshit. Just some high school guy talk, right? You know, Josh is a sensitive guy. You know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And I know when a guy like that gets hurt, he's capable of doing a lot of stupid shit. Stupid, stupid shit. And after the way I saw how Morgan talked to him just now, I thought he was gonna fucking lose it. And if he did lose it, I would be there to drive the getaway car for him. Because that's what friends do. Here. I got you a little something. Oh man, how'd you know? That's the truck in gear and it drives away. Uh, exterior State Street, night, two skater kids, one of them we saw earlier, Max and Brent walk out from the local corner store holding drinks. Max is holding the winning scratch ticket in his hand. Do we have a Max? Yeah, Max is here. Wait, right? I'm, I'm telling you, this? Is good luck. Uh, it's not really though. It's just what happens after you statistically buy that many lottery tickets, you're bound to win one. But tonight's the night I won. Max, you bought one a day since you turned 18. You've won like 10 times before. Tonight's the night for her. 
Well, that her, my oversized friend here is referring to, is the girl he's had a crush on for three years, but has had zero interactions with. The one is Beckett Montgomery. Grant watches Max smiles. The two of them continue down the sidewalk. Nah, Max has never been much for nerves when it comes to girls. Although he did sign Beckett's yearbook once, but he said his hands are shaking so badly, he doubts she understood the word he wrote in it. You wouldn't understand it, man. My folks met in high school. Who gives a fuck? I wanted to meet the girl I'd call wife when I was in high school too. It's too late for me now. Max, you idiot. Who told you you have to do what your parents did? Just be yourself, for Christ's sake. But Beckett's perfect. Maxi Poole, do you really think Beckett Montgomery is the type who marries a high school sweetheart? You got a sippy for her, for sure. But Beckett's a butterfly, man. Butterflies don't stick around. Come on, man. I'm hungry. I know a place. My treat. Right, gestures for them to go. Max is slow to get moving, but eventually they both skate away. Interior falafel place. Brent and Max ride up on their skateboards and walk in. Standing behind the register is Aziz, ready to take their order. Brent looks at Aziz, while Max looks at the menu hanging above. Hey, hello, uh, may I take your order? <laughs> oh, this is good to resist. I forgot how funny foreign people sound to me. I'll take a large me, uh, whatever. One meat lover's uh, falafel? Vegetarian. Vegetarian, uh, very good. Uh, anything more? Yeah, that's it. Uh, you go to City High? Yeah, I will uh, buy, be a senior next year. Cool, man. We both just graduated from there. Oh, very good. Uh, I'm actually uh, happy for you, too. You going to the party tonight? Yes. This kid's optimism is giving me a headache. I can't figure out why the fuck he's so happy. Yeah. Hey, uh, are you about to drink? Like, because uh, of your religion? It's gonna suck, right? Go easy. Unfortunately, uh, you are correct. My religion does not permit me to drink alcohol. But I'm still very much looking forward to the party. Oh yeah? Why is that? But there is uh, someone that I would like to see. Ah, a hookup. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, where were you from? Turkey. Where are you from? I'm from here. Ah, you are an American. I, I can see, but where does your skin, skin come from? Okay, listen, sandpaper. Can you just make our food so we can shove it down our mouth before we go and get loaded tonight? Your signature, please. Why? Uh, Brent, fill, oh, sorry. Uh, Brent fills out the credit card receipt and signs it as he walks back. He's making the food. Brent looks up at the camera. What? Give him a nice tip. Next to State Street. Brent and Max sit on the curb and devour their food. With a mouthful, Brent addresses the audience once again. Look, everyone in high school is just trying to find their way. Same as life, you know? We're all just doing the best we can. The problem is, most of y'all best does about as good as tits on a ball. Don't believe me? Why don't you go stare into a mirror for a bit? Tell us all what you see. Go on. Do it. We dare you to. Brent and Max continue to eat. Exterior pier, Charles performing. Brent and Max carry their skateboards past Charles performing. Brent looks at the change in Charles's case. He sees a half-torn bill. Brent looks up at the lens. <clears throat> Poor guy's been having a great night. But he does have a presence about him. 
I'll give him that. Uh, Charles nods to Brett. Appreciate it, young blood. Uh, Brett looks at the audience. Brett, uh, in confusion, Max speaks up. I'm gonna talk to her tonight. Oh, you said that before. Tonight's gotta be. Tonight's gonna be different. I just got a feeling. Max, you've had three years to make a move, and you never have. Why is tonight gonna be different? Hello, ground control to Maxi Poo. Is there anybody out there? Huh? What? What makes tonight any different? Tonight's the night you're finally gonna back her? It's not like that, man. <laughs> how are you gonna give her a ride? You know how hard it is to fit two people on a skateboard. You're a big boy. Oh, maybe you can carry her on piggyback to your house. Brett laughs. Max hits him. Brett stops laughing. I'm not trying to sleep with her. Um, cause it's love. Maybe. If it was true, love, your pants wouldn't be bulging. <laughs> Medea look. Uh, don't be afraid, young blood. You go on after that girl. Forget what your uh, buddy here tells you. Thank you. Charles dips away again back to his performing. Max turns and walks with a smile on his face. Brent looks at Charles. Are you hearing everything we say? Charles winks at Brent and he continues to play. Brent turns and hurries to catch up with Max. Under the pier, night, the boys walk down the steps of the pier and onto the sand. They both hold tall boys hidden in brown paper bags. They sit underneath one of the lights shining down from the pier to chill. Max takes a sip as he looks out onto the beach. Brent takes out a bottle of pills and pops them in his hand. He offers the bottle to Max. Max shakes his head. No. Pops two, caps the bottle, putting them back in his pocket. The two kids sit and relax as the surf side air blows by. Do you think I'm weird? You eat all your french fries before you even touch your burger. Of course you're weird. No, seriously. I don't even know where I fit in this world. I tried out for football because I was big and that's what the school wanted. Got good grades from my parents and that's what they wanted. What about what I want? I know where I can fit. I don't know where I want to fit. And you think that fit is with Beckett Montgomery? <laughs> I think I could see myself marrying a girl like Beckett. Right, like Beckett. Doesn't mean it has to be her, my guy. Come on, let's get. Ow, what? What? Where? Holy shit, what do I do? You don't run up and talk to her right now if that's what you're asking. This might be my only chance. I just wanna to come to the party. She will. I don't know, man, this might be it. Hey, check your shorts, man. All I'm saying is you roll up on her right now, you will look like a stalker. Look at the size of you. She's liable to mace your ass off. Don't worry, man. You'll get your shot. Come on. Let's take a Bria to the party. Most people on the sidewalk. Yeah, okay. Two kids turn and make their way toward the house party. Interior party house. Brent and Max walk into the party, and they feel like two sardines in a can. The house is packed with kids, all having a great time. It is dark and bodies everywhere. Brent carves away through the mob of kids with an excited look back at Max following him. Max shouts to Brent, trying to be heard over the noise of the crowd. Dude, you see her anywhere? Don't worry about her right now. I'm gonna grab some space on the couch. You go grab us a couple of beers. Max nods and the two separate. Interior, couch. Brent plops down on the couch next to Anthony. Brent looks over at him. Hey, what's up? The A-Train, right? You having a good night, man? Yeah. 
Uh, just then, Morgan and sit down on the couch next to Anthony. Tony! Morgan gives Anthony a hug, Ashley too. How you doing, Anthony? I'm good. You all? Fucking great. You're going to be a senior. I can't wait to cheer for you next year. Yeah, did they make you captain yet? Nah, not yet. Mm. Is the rest of the team still talking shit about how the season ended? Who knows? I haven't been spending much time with them lately. Ah, fuck those haters. Am I right? There's one cart that will always trump the pecking order between teenagers, and that's the fucking jocks. It doesn't matter that I'm older than all of them or that I just graduated. Jocks rule the world, man. Anthony swipes the bottle of Jack Daniels from Morgan and takes a swig. Mm. Hey, that's mine. Morgan climbs on Anthony, trying to get the bottle back. Anthony easily keeps her at bay while keeping the bottle out of her reach. He keeps taking swigs from it. The two are playing. Morgan stops. Fine, I give up. You can have it. I'm just playing here. No, you go ahead and keep it. That would have gotten me into too much trouble. Bullshit. You're still trouble, even without it. Come on, let's go. They smile and say goodbye to Anthony. Brent scoots a little bit closer to Anthony on the couch. Mm. I don't think so, dude. <laughs> Anthony takes a drink, just as Max shows up with two red solo cups of beer. Just some time. Here you go. Max hands Brent his beer and then sits on the couch next to him. Max sees the remote next to Anthony. Hey, man, you might have to take a look at that. Anthony looks at the remote and then the animal show, TV show that's currently on the screen and hands it to Max. Do a thing. Thanks. Hey, man, didn't you try out for football a couple years ago? Me? Yeah, I think so. How come you never went for it? You're a big dude. We could have used you. Because he spent all of high school obsessing over some girl instead. <laughs> oh, no way. For real? No, that is false. Why don't you lower your voice? Wait, wait, hold up. No, not for real. Oh, wait, I apologize. Bro, read the room. We're at a party. Where did we go? Whatever. Uh, Max sets the remote down and takes a sip of his beer. Who the fuck watches the news at a party? Brent looks at Max for a laugh, but before he can get it out, Anthony is gripped him by the collar of his shirt. Max, 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 Max. <laughs> People are dying over there to keep your punk ass safe. If you weren't such a pussy, you'd go and do the same thing. Anthony lets go of Brent's collar. Brent gives a terrified look at Max. Anthony takes another swig from his bottle. Okay. Just then, Ryan and a girl, Bethany, plop down on the end of the couch. They are both all over each other. Bethany breaks away from Ryan's face and sees it's Anthony sitting next to her. She immediately pushes Ryan to the side and smiles widely at the A-Train. Oh my God, A-Train. Good girl. I had your number painted on my face at every game. Well, yours and Tyler's, but I always cheer harder when you have the ball. Bethany stares passionately into Anthony's eyes. Ryan forces himself into the scene. Ah, uh, yeah, looks like you're busy. Uh, well, I'm gonna go upstairs. Uh, Ryan guides Bethany's attention back to his face. She finally looks back at him. Hi. Oh. Right. 
Um, hey, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go head upstairs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ryan stands up with Bethany and the two of them walk away. Dissolve two, party house, passage of time, homage, B-roll, kids at the party, having a great time, youth, innocence, invincibility, vigor, life, the vibrant energy of America's youth untethered. Dissolve two, party house, backyard under the palm tree. Tommy and Daniel found a spot to sit and chill and watch the party. They both sit under a large palm tree, drinking beers. There are several empty beer bottles next to them, and Tommy gets up to take a piss behind the tree. Daniel watches the party and smiles. He then turns his attention to the lens. Sure. I'm already three or four beers deep, but this just feels right. Everything feels just the way it's supposed to be. Ew! <laughs> oh boy. Hey. What? Hey, watch it, fucker. Sorry. What is it? Who's she talking to? I, I don't think it's know. Josh. I, do, I don't know, Tommy. I've been sitting here drinking beers just like you have. Did, did, did Josh leave already? I don't know. I was taking a piss. I didn't see what happened. Nothing happened except you pissing on my foot. He looks past Daniel. Daniel turns around and sees Morgan walking their way, cell phone to her ear. Oh, shit, shit. She's coming this way. You always do this to me. It's not fair. Maury, give me the phone. Back off. You didn't even give me a hug when I got Barbie, Daddy. Oh, man. That's not Josh that she's talking to. That's her father. Fuck. I wish I knew my dad. Ashley attempts again to take the phone away from, uh, and this time Morgan lets her have it. Ashley walks away from Morgan with the phone to her ear, trying to rectify the situation. Morgan is emotionally wrought. She paces in a tight circle, suddenly stops. She looks directly at the camera lens. What the fuck are you all staring at? Morgan hurls a half-filled song with the audience as she lets out one last yell of frustration. Everyone around stops and looks at Morgan for a second or two. Daniel sees Ashley walk over to the tub of beers. Hey, uh, you want another beer? Yeah, and some popcorn for this movie. Daniel trots off as Tommy stares at Morgan, pacing. Daniel walks up and grabs two beers out of the beer tub. The ice is halted. He opens one beer and stands near Ashley, who is still on the phone. I'm not saying you shouldn't be upset. I'm just saying that her coming home right now is not going to do good for anyone. Just let her get this out of her system and I'll make sure she gets home safe. Morgan may be a bitch, but she's lucky to have a friend like Ashley. Damn, has she always been this cute? Out of nowhere, Morgan comes raging back and takes the phone out of Ashley's hands. You should all stop trying to control my life. <laughs> Morgan takes the phone inside. Ashley turns around in shock, seeing if anyone else saw that. She and Daniel make eye contact. Did, did you just see that? Yeah, some crazy shit. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm Daniel, by the way. <laughs> I know. Just that Josh comes walking out of the house and walks up to Ashley. Yo, what the hell's going on? Why is Morgan so upset? Oh, her parents are going to let her go to the party tonight, so she snuck out. She what? Yeah. She knows she's the worst liar in the world. How did she think she was going to get away with this? Oh, do you know how she gets? Matt walks from inside the house but stops leaning in the doorway. Josh, you good? Yeah. Daniel sees a girl, Beckett, trying to make her way past Matt outside, but she can't get around him and is too shy to move. Daniel nods at Matt. 
Make a hole, soldier. Oh, sorry. That steps away, Beckett comes outside. She stops when she and Ashley lock eyes. They're standing a few feet from each other. Tommy walks up to join the group and can instantly sense the tension in the air. Daniel hands Tommy the other beer, and they both watch. Daniel points his finger to the crowd. And I hope you paid good money for this tonight. Oh, we're seeing a parade. What should we do? Don't do anything. I'll handle it. You know what, whatever. Hey, you guys are ready to go? You're muted. Uh, Tommy, I, mean, I guess. I mean, just open these beers. I mean, we can find a ride. Check with Ryan, though. Fine. I'll see you guys. Josh walks uh, back to the house. Beckett looks at Ashley. Her head's still hung low. Um, yeah, I, I better get going, too. Uh, just as Beckett turns to walk away, they all see Morgan, hands free of her cell, walk back outside. She sees Beckett standing next to her best friend. Holy shit! Fucking Beckett Montgomery! Beckett tries to walk away. Morgan grabs her by the shoulder and aggressively pulls an arm around her. Hey, what you doing? Um, I better, I better leave. Just gonna walk away from me again? It stops. Daniel, Tommy, and Matt all huddle together, waiting to watch the drama unfold. Beckett responds without turning around. You don't get um, it. What's well, not a get? You're a bitch. Morgan spits her tongue at Beckett, but loses her balance and falls down. Everyone laughs, except for Beckett. She reaches her hand out to help up Morgan. Morgan sees the peace offering and slaps her hand away. Get off me, bitch. She gets up on her own. Beckett turns away and walks into the house. Morgan gets onto her feet, flings an arm around Ashley in a protective triumph. Go fucking smoke some ganja, man. Morgan laughs hysterically at her own story. Then she turns her attention to three boys standing there and drinking their beers. Hey, aren't you all friends with Ryan Brunner? <laughs> He's fucking hot. Where is he? He's inside somewhere. Why don't you go look for him, bitch? Morgan flips him off as she stumbles back house. Uh, in exterior Morgan's home, night, an older hatchback pulls up to the curb outside of Morgan's house. Aziz steps out of the car in his uniform, carrying a bag of delivery food, and walks to the front door. One day I will buy a house as big as this one uh, in a neighborhood like this. I will make my father proud that he brought us to America uh, all the way from Turkey. Aziz rings the doorbell. A few seconds later, the door opens, revealing Morgan's mom. Aziz smiles brightly. Hi. Uh, that will be 2442, please. Aziz hands her the pizza, hands her the food. She, set, she sets it down on the dresser next to her purse. Y'all want me to read for Alice? Sure. Okay. Um, of course. Alice looks in her purse as Aziz stands, smiling patiently. She looks frustrated. Finally, she looks into the living room where Frank sits watching TV. The volume's still up too loud. Honey, do you have some cash on you? What for? The food's here. Well, do you? Do I what? Okay, never mind. You can give it card. Okay, just give me one second, will you? Mom leaves the front door open and walks to the foot of the stairs. Morgan, I need that 20 back I gave you today. Alice waits for a response, but doesn't get one. She walks over to Frank. Aziz turns to the camera while still smiling. My cheeks are beginning to hurt. 
But father says it's important to always be smiling. So I deal with the pain. Fang, get off your butt and tend to my daughter. Come on, honey, I'm watching the game here. It's always your knees before mine. She's your little runt. Fang, you married me. Fang, for the first time, turns in his chair and looks at his wife. Okay, honey, sure thing. Uh, Mom rolls by, uh, the dad stands up and walks past her as he heads upstairs. Morgan! If you have a credit card, I can take that. Yeah, I'm sorry, of course. She grabs a credit card out of her purse and hands it to runs the card and hands the receipt, hands her the receipt to sign. Dad comes back down the steps and pillows. Well, she's not in her room. Mom hands the pen back to Aziz, turns to Dad. She is still holding signed receipt copy. What do you mean, not there? The screen is missing on her window. She must have snuck out, I guess. Snuck out. She's never done that before. No, it's because you baby her. She thinks she can walk all over you. Me? At least I'm able to look at her when I talk to her. Your head's always glued on that TV in there. Oh, I, I feel very uncomfortable saying anything, but my boss does not like it when I don't bring a signed copy. I'm sorry, uh, excuse me? I'm cool in front of the door, but Aziz puts his hand stop it. She's in shock, still there. I'm sorry, but I need to sign the copy of the receipt. Keep, keep smiling, keep smiling. Mom looks borderline disgusted with him and hands him the receipt, closes the door on him without saying goodbye. As he stops smiling, he rubs his cheeks as he walks back to his car. Allah, finally. Pier, night. Uh, people are entering down the streets and the pier lights and the shops turn off. Front doors are being locked. Finally, there's Charles. He finishes playing peace to an audience of no. He doesn't care, though. His heart is filled with gratitude. He collects what money was given to him and puts his violin back away in its case. Charles then makes his own way home by slowly disappearing into the night. Dissolved to the party house, Aziz's car. Aziz now, out of uniform, gets out of his hatchback car and walks to the street toward the party. Music from the house can be heard. As he smiles uh, at all the cars lined up, he looks into the camera. In Turkey, teenage kids like me don't have cars. In America, everyone drives. Aziz approaches the front door and readies to go inside. The noise inside is booming through the walls. He raises his hand to knock on the door and then realizes how silly that would be and instead just walks in. Interior party house. Aziz walks into the party going on full tilt. His eyes light up and he smiles. Aziz looks at the sea of kids and recognizes Max from earlier drinking a beer and standing by himself near a wall. Aziz walks over to him. Aziz puts his hands out to the side. Look, no alcohol. Huh? Uh, no alcohol. All right. How's that going? I'm great. And look, I'm sorry about my friend being a dickhead to you earlier. He's kind of an ass like that. It is no problem at all. Uh, my name is Aziz. I'm Max. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Uh, have you seen a girl named uh, Beckett uh, Montgomery? Why? Do you know her? Yes, uh, she's a friend. Is she here? I, I don't know, I just got here. What, are you two like porking or something? No, just friends. I don't think she's coming. Uh, are you two friends as well? Uh, well, uh, not really. Kinda actually. Yeah, the Yeah, big one.
That is fantastic. Well, if I see her, I will let her know you are looking for her. Ah, uh, thanks. I'm going to see who else is in here. Knock yourself out. As he makes his way into the crowd of partygoers, interior, uh, outside, outdoor basketball hoop. As he walks outside and surprised to see Beckett sitting alone, she sits underneath the basketball hoop reading one of her comics. Beckett! Oh my god, Aziz, you scared the hell out of me. Aziz walks in and sits down next to Beckett. The party has gone quiet and there are no signs of any other partygoers. What are you doing here? Why aren't you in there with everyone else? What do you think I'm hiding? Have you talked to anyone yet? No, and I don't plan on it. I mean, I thought I came here to reconnect with someone, but now I'm not even sure why I showed up. What are, what are you doing? When did you get here? Just now. Actually, I made a new friend already. That's really great, Aziz. I could introduce you to him. You might like talking to him. Oh, no, thanks, but I, I don't think so. I think I'm going to take off in a minute anyway. But you haven't experienced the party yet. Parties are not meant to spend by yourself reading comics. We'll see. Why don't you come and say hi to people? We'll see. Come on, put your book away and come with me. Okay, just give me a minute, will you? Very well. Uh, I wanted to see what the backyard of this house looks like. This place is so huge. Come meet me there. You got it. Excellent. As he smiles and leaves, uh, interior party house. As he walks back through the crowded main part of the house on his way to the backyard, when someone bumps into him, the person turns around and it is revealed to be Anthony. As he can see the bottle of Jack nearly empty in his hand and that Anthony is swaying from side to side. I'm sorry, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Please, I, I'm very sorry. Uh, let me pass. Aziz tries to move Anthony out of the way. Anthony does not like it when Aziz's hand touches him. He slaps it out of the way. Yo, what the fuck you doing, my dude? Uh, please, uh, I just want to get by. Get by? What are you even doing here, huh? This party is for Americans. You got it? Go back to fucking Afghanistan, terrorist. Anthony takes another drink from his bottle. Aziz is filled with anger. I'm not from Afghanistan, stupid. Anthony stops, so do the other people around that heard what Aziz just said. Fuck you, just say, boy. Anthony shoves Aziz, sending him backpedaling away, but not falling down. Huh? What'd you say, bitch? Leave me alone. Fuck you, terrorist. Get out of my way. Sand nigger. You are the nigger. Before what the f Fuck you, just say, bitch. You're fucking dead, motherfucker. Look, you better hide out of here. Did you hear what you just called me? I get it, but if you if you don't drink and that future All-American has polished off an entire bottle of Jack on his own, just let it go, man. Aziz stares at Anthony, who is still yelling at him as others try to calm him down. Aziz looks at Max and finally accepts. He turns around and walks out of the house party. Into exterior party house, Aziz's car. Aziz walks out of the house angry. He marches back to his car and gets in. Aziz hits the dash in anger and frustration. It takes a moment to breathe, then looks over his shoulder and into the camera lens. Well, I want to sincerely apologize for calling him that. But the last time I heard someone insult my people like that, 
It was being said to my father by the men who were robbing our store. I watched as they began beating him with their fists. Aziz has to take a few moments to calm himself down. He takes in some deep breaths. Behind him through the windshield, we see Anthony run out into the street, his head on a swivel and looking for his target. Aziz has calmed himself down now and continues to address the camera. It is the reason we had to move here. My father was too afraid to stay where we were any longer. I just hope I get a chance to tell Adrian that I'm sorry. Suddenly, Aziz's door opens and he is yanked from the car, thrown to the ground. He realizes who it is and looks into the camera. I do not think he would listen to me uh, now if I tried to apologize. Anthony's fist <laughs> smacks Aziz in the face. Cut to black. The sound of a bed squeaking fills the black screen, followed by noises of pleasure. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Two, interior party house, upstairs bedroom. There's just enough light coming from outside the window to see the face of Ryan naked on top of Bethany, thrusting away like a rabbit. Ryan looks into the camera as he pounds away. I'm not sure what everyone else has been telling you, but for me, the goal of a party is to, you know, get late. <laughs> now, Bethany here is no fitness model, but a hole is a hole. And just as long as there's some titties to play with, I mean, oh yeah, baby, you like that? Oh, yeah. This is taking too long. Bethany wouldn't let me do her without a condom, and I hate wearing condoms. Oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, thank God. Here we go. Oh. Ryan climaxes and rolls off Bethany, takes off the condom and puts it on an almost empty solo cup on the bedside table. Bethany cuddles up to Ryan and rubs and kisses his chest as Ryan catches his breath. Hey, you want a beer? Uh, sure, yeah. You, you know what, yeah, that sounds great. Bethany gives Ryan a kiss on the lips and then gets up and gets dressed. Ryan rolls over and looks into the camera. Okay, don't be judgmental. I mean, I'm nice to girls. I don't treat them badly. I mean, I stick around, but I still say hi to them in the hallways. Bethany finishes getting dressed and then gives Ryan one more kiss before leaving. BRB. <laughs> Bethany winks, Ryan gets a smile away. Okay, did you see that? That kiss she gave me before she left means she likes me. Total turn off. Ryan lays in bed, staring at the ceiling and listening to the sounds of the party in the background. Oh, you know what would be great right now? Smoke. Suddenly the door bursts open and someone comes in. Yo, what the fuck? There Ryan you are. Morgan takes her shirt off and waddles toward Ryan on top of the bed and reaches for him. He jumps up and holds two pillows over his junk. What the hell are you doing in here? Don't you want to touch me? No way, Morgan. I, I won't do that to Josh. Josh, he never wanted this. You're saying you don't want to either? Nah, that's, that's not what I'm saying. It's, look, it's just, I... There's a knock on the door. Ryan freezes. Uh, who is it? It's me. Look, you need a ride or anything? Um, uh, Is Bethany still in there? Ryan looks at Morgan. He's trying to pull the pillow away from Brian's privates. Uh, no, 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 I'm good. Cool, I'm coming in. Oh, no, 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 wait! The door opens and Josh walks in. He sees the situation and his eyes grow wide. Ryan stands up, still covering himself, and puts his other hand up. Dude, Josh, it's, I swear, it's not what it looks like. 
exterior party house front door, Ryan comes running out of the house and far enough up the street to see the taillights from Josh's truck disappear around the bend, his eyes swollen. Ryan stops and puts his hands on his head, thinking. Fuck! <laughs> Checks his pockets for his cell phone and realizes it's not on him. He looks back at the house toward the upstairs bedroom. Ryan runs back into the house, but smacks into Beckett, who is running out of the house just as he is running in, and she falls to the ground. Whoa, sorry. Beckett says nothing and just moves her way past him and away from the house. Ryan heads inside the house and upstairs. Interior party house upstairs bedroom. Ryan enters the bedroom, and sure enough, Morgan is passed out on the bed, still only wearing her bra and jean, uh, and her jeans are unbuttoned. Phew, what a relief. Ryan looks around at the bed for his cell phone. Finally, he finds it on the floor near Morgan's head. As he grabs it, Morgan stirs and makes some inaudible noises. Ryan is walking out of the room when he hears Morgan vomiting behind him. Ryan turns around and sees Morgan throw up all over herself and most of the bed, some on the floor. Ryan turns and looks at the audience. You don't think anybody actually poisoned her, do you? Ryan turns and runs to Morgan's side, tries picking her up under his arm. Here we go. Come on. Ryan heaves Morgan toward the master bathroom. As he does, Morgan vomits again. Chunks of undigested carne asada present. Good God. This time, however, the vomit doesn't get pushed all the way out. When Morgan strives to vomit it out again, she begins to choke. Holy shit, Morgan. Ryan turns Morgan over on her side and scrapes away chunks of vomit from her mouth. Morgan coughs up the rest as Ryan pats her on the back. He looks up at the camera. I told you, I'm not a bad guy. Just then, Ashley walks into the room, Morgan, holding Morgan's black bag. What are you doing? Ryan stops. Ashley's then able to see the throw-up everywhere. I'm just trying to help her into the bathroom, I swear. Well, buys her shirt off. She came in here like that. I'm, Josh Sawson is freaking out right now. Look, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I believe you. Just, just help me. Ashley walks over, and the two of them are able to carry Morgan in the bathroom and prop her up near the toilet bowl. Thank you. No problem. Could you grab me that black bag, please? Actually, just grab me the shirt and the shorts in there. Scary place, a girl's bag. Who knows what the hell they keep in here. Ryan fishes through and grabs the shorts and shirt. He walks over and hands them to Ashley, who's taking off Morgan's jeans. Thank you. Ryan stands watching Ashley. She looks up and sees Ryan and gently pushes the bathroom door closed. Ryan steps out of the bathroom. The two talk between the open gap in the door. Sorry if you thought that I was assuming something when I walked in. You do have a bit of a reputation. I mean, it's, it's fine. I get it. Ten minutes earlier, you would have been right. Except not with Morgan, with that girl, Bethany. You know you don't want to have sex with girls for them to like you, right? You know, maybe that's just it. Like, maybe I don't want them to like me. Give yourself whatever reason you want, but it all starts with loving yourself first. Hmm. Done. Will you help me carry her to my car? Of course. Ryan eagerly helps. Uh, interior party house, staircase. Ryan is helping Ashley carry Morgan down the steps. Ryan looks up for Morgan and Ashley and looks around the house. Yo, the music stopped. That's never a good thing. Ryan and Ashley both look outside and see blue and red lights flashing. Interior party house, guest bathroom. Anthony bursts in the bathroom, turns on the light, and shuts the door. His hands are shaking bloody. 
Anthony turns on the water in the sink and vigorously washes his hands. His knuckles sting from the cuts made by hitting Aziz's teeth. The voiceover Anthony hears is his brother Mike's voice, not his own. It is also deeper and envelops the entire space around him. Feels good to get it all out, don't it? It's not right. Why you think I joined the Rangers, Antho? Only so much coach will let you get away with on the field. It's a totally different game on the battlefield. Please, leave me alone. You're the one that keeps letting me back in, Antho. Let me ask you something. Your bitch's dad's face when you were hitting that kid just now. Because <laughs> I bitch of that mother, some of a bitch's face every time I blew away a hot chip. Why'd you have to die, bro? Just that. I ain't dead, I ain't dead, man. I'm living inside your head. I like it here. It's nice and loud. Sounds of a helicopter break the scene. The lights flicker on and off. Sounds of lions eating lambs echo through the room. Anthony clenches his eyes tight and smacks himself in the head. Stupid. Stupid dumb fucking ape. Anthony huddles over the sink. He turns off the water and wraps his right hand in a towel, not caring at all that it will get stained and ruined by the blood. I gotta fess up. Ooh. I'm loving that. They go lock a nigga like you up for a few years, Anthem. Once you put yourself in a cage, it's hard to get out, my brother. Doesn't fucking matter. I'm gonna kill that kid. Shit. Who's gonna say something about it? The story's gonna wash away like the blood down the drains. He goes to our school. Man, he ain't coming back after what you did to him. He's weak. Just like his daddy. There's a place for people like them. Just like there's a place. For you and me. I don't want to be like you anymore. Anthony takes I a, am in control. Suddenly they dis the butterflies disappear and the shadow figure Mike does as well. Anthony dials 911 on his cell phone and puts it up to his ear looking at the mirror. Yeah, uh, I'm at a party and I, uh, I beat up a kid real bad. Mike appears again from the shadows and moves around Anthony as he makes the call. Uh-huh, yeah, just now. Huh? My name's Anthony White. Anthony looks around the bathroom, and finally, on the trash next to the toilet, he looks up and sees the crumpled flyer with a party on it next to a condom wrapper and some ash. Insert flyer, five minutes Photoshop job of the house with flames burning behind it, and street address is on the bottom. Anthony gives the operator the address of the house. We're waiting outside. You won't be able to bounce back from this one, Antho. You got too many shadows. You're right. Maybe I can't bounce back from this. Maybe you won't have to. The bathroom drawer opens and Anthony looks down. It's empty. He looks at his reflection and back down again and sees it's a handgun. He looks up and sees Beckett in the mirror. Anthony cries. I'm scared, man. Anthony looks back at the drawer and sees a hairbrush. He looks up and sees his own reflection back in the mirror. And then he takes the hairbrush and tucks it in the back of his pants. He wipes his face clear of tears. I bet you ain't got the guts. 
Oh yeah. Well, let's just see what happens when a bunch of scared small town white ass cops try and stop this black beast of an athlete when they come roll up on me. Yeah. Let's see what I got for them. <laughs> this town ain't gonna never be the same. I gotta be remembered for something, right? I thought it'd be for scoring touchdowns, but I guess this is just as good. Can't wait for the show. I'll see you soon, Mike. I love you, bro. Anthony walks out of the bathroom into Josh's truck. Josh is speeding on a quiet road. Street lamps every 250 feet are the only light around. Music is loud, a youthful song at upbeat tempo. It's just what Josh's spirit needs right now. His face is racked with pitiful sorrow. He looks unstable. Dear Jesus, I want to thank you for so much for completely totally fucking up my life. I'm an idiot for believing in you. Walk my path, you say. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Josh cranks music louder. His knuckles grip tightly around the steering wheel. Please, God, do give me my litany of sins. According to you, it's not enough, right? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't have sex with my girlfriend, even though she's completely okay with it. I go to church. I volunteer. I go to the youth group, despise my friends ragging me on it. I'm an Eagle Scout. I love my parents and do what they ask. Here's well in Josh's eyes and stares blankly at the speeding road ahead of him. Finding my best friend fuck my ex-girlfriend is your way of telling me thanks. And thanks for nothing. Fuck. Ryan, you bastard, I should fucking end you. I'm never going to another party ever again. You know, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I did nothing wrong. Suddenly the tires slip and Josh's truck slides. True panic shows on his face. Oh my god. Josh's truck slides off the pavement and spins around in a circle off the road. Josh's head jerks forward as his head bounces to a stop. Josh looks around and checks himself. He breathes a sigh of relief and realizes he's okay. Then buckles his seatbelt. Suddenly, red and blue lights shine around him. Josh looks up and sees the lights of a cop car parked behind him. Josh hangs his head and hits his steering wheel. Fuck. Exterior tunnel, exterior tunnel road. The cop, James, turns on his spotlight and shines it on Josh's truck. He gets out and walks toward Josh, who is already rolling down his window. You all right, kid? Yeah. What are you doing out here at this time? Just driving, officer. Had anything to drink tonight? No. No, nothing. Yeah, if I gave you a breathalyzer right now, everything would come back clean? I swear. I don't drink, ever. <laughs> All right, can I take a... Let me see your license and registration. Sure thing. I'm going to reach over for it right now. I mean, it's in the glove compartment. Yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. Here you go. There's my insurance, too. Honestly, officer, I just found out my best friend is hooking up with my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend. She just broke up with me a week ago. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> Were you at that party tonight, the one up on Hillside? How do you know about that party? Did you go to City High? Yeah. My sister's Ashley Kohler. She told me about it. My, my ex is uh, Ashley's best friend. <laughs> Oh, Morgan's your ex? You sure you hadn't had anything to drink tonight? I swear. Look, I don't drink ever. I, I believe in God. See, I don't care if you believe in Santa Claus, kid. All suddenly comes in on James's radio. James steps away and gives it a listen. His smile goes away. He hands Josh back his things as he responds on the radio. This is, uh, this is 1L19. I'm in route now. Yeah, speaking of that party, something's happened up there, so I'm going to let you go. 
I could have given you a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, but I won't. Next time, don't unbuckle it until the officer gets to your window. Is, is everything okay at the party? I don't know. I guess we're about to find out, kid. You have a good night. Up turns and briskly walks back to the squad car. Josh, I view mirror as the cop turns around and speeds away, sirening. Josh takes a deep breath and sits there for a moment. Finally, he looks up for the... God, I'm sorry about what I said earlier. Thank you. Exterior, party house, out front, slow motion sequence, low rhythm, dark and moody song plays. Anthony walks outside of the house. Police cars are outside. Red and blue lights are everywhere. Anthony has a smug look on his face. Cops get out of their cars. Anthony walks toward them. One female officer in front draws her gun. The other cops draw their guns. The officers shout orders. Anthony smiles and continues to approach. Other kids' faces re-terror as they do in the math of this, as the math of the serious potential of the situation. Anthony yells out to the cops, fuck them, and to come and get them. The cops approach, guns drawn. Everyone is scared. It's a tense moment. Female officers shouting back and forth with Anthony to get down to the ground. Anthony picks up a red solo cup on the ground and throws it at her. The female officer shouts back that she's warning him. James arrives on the scene, assessing the situation as he runs forward. Anthony reaches behind his back and grabs the hairbrush. He pulls it out just as James runs past the female officer and tackles Anthony. The other cops rush in. Time resumes normal speed. Anthony struggles with James, now on top of him. Fuck off me, man. Fuck you. Hey, hey, you look at me. Look at me. Hey, I get it, okay? I know why you're doing this. The other cops run up and grab hold of Anthony. Anthony fights back again, but James is able to settle the others and looks at Anthony. You remember me? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jay something. Jay, that's right. Yeah, James. Yeah, I remember. You, you played with Mike. That's right. That's right, man. I miss him, too. Okay? But he wouldn't have wanted this. I promise you that. Not in a million years would he, be, he, would he have wanted this for you. Okay? All right, man. It's okay, brother. James hugs Anthony while he weeps on his shoulder. Dissolved too. Party house out front. Max is standing on the lawn with several other kids. He sees the cops putting Anthony into the back of a police car. Up the street, he can see the ambulance tending to Aziz and placing him on a gurney. Max looks like he's deep in thought. Is this, is this line mine? Oh, uh, just officer. It's anybody's. Uh, yeah, it's, go it's, ahead and read the officer lines. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me, kid. Um, hey, what what happened? Max turns around and sees Beckett standing next to him. His eyes widen as he tries to maintain his composure. Beckett looks at Max, still waiting for a response. She looks around for someone else to ask. Max snaps out of his trance. Beckett? Do, do we know each other? Oh, yes, well, sort of. We, uh, we had a class the other one year. You were freshman, sophomore. I uh, signed your yearbook once. Well, let me guess, have a great summer? Something like that. Do you, do you know what happened? That came from the sandwich place. A Z, whatever, got the shit beat out of him by A-Train. Aziz? Beckett runs over to Aziz in the gurney, still waiting to be lifted into the ambulance. Max watches her run away. I hope I just didn't blow that. Max hurries to follow Beckett. Uh, party house, ambulance. Beckett runs up to Aziz before the paramedics load him into the ambulance. Aziz, Aziz, what, what happened? What happened? Are you okay? Beckett, uh, there you are. I, I will be fine. Uh, it is my fault, Beckett. I forced him into it. 
Don't be mad at him, Beckett. No, 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 no. Look, there's got to be someone I can call here. Give me, let me see your no, phone. You're... No, 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 no. Don't, don't call my dad, uh, Beckett. Uh, he, he's, he's too scared. No, don't do it. Okay, 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 I'll be... okay you're going to be okay, okay? I'm going to stay right here with you, okay? Okay. It does hurt more in real life than it does seeing it in a comic book. I bet it does. Paramedics finished sorting, close the doors. A few seconds later, the ambulance moves. Beckett and Max stand and watch it drive away. Ryan runs past them with his phone in his ear. Dude, it was a total mix-up, man. Nothing happened. I swear, please just call me. Beckett looks and sees Ashley helping Morgan into Ashley's car. She looks up and sees Beckett. The two smile at each other. Ashley sets Morgan down on the curb. Morgan's having a keeping her eyes open. Ashley walks over to Beckett. I, I thought you already left. Uh, did you hear what happened? Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I feel bad for both of them. Just a shitty situation for everybody. Could have been worse. The cops could have shot him. <laughs> Ashley and Beckett both look at Max and disbelief he would say such a thing. Despite his size, Max feels like a snail right now. Ashley looks at Beckett. Well, how's your mom doing? I meant to ask you earlier, but then I never got the chance. I just wanted to see how she was. Uh, Beckett's lip trembles out of fear and need for support. She grabs Max's hand and holds it. Max's eyes grow wide and he looks directly into the camera. Max and the camera then both turn toward Ashley and push in on her head, disappearing into the blackness of her skull. Cut to party house up front. It is close up on Beckett and Max's hands holding. Camera pulls back and reveals we are now looking at the world through Ashley's POV. Ashley and the lens look up toward Beckett, who stares directly into the lens of the camera and into Ashley's eyes. She takes a breath. Um, yeah, my mom, she, she actually died in February. Um, She killed, she killed herself in our bathroom. Oh my God, Beck. Yeah, she, she had been in and out of the hospital for the last few years and I, I didn't want to bother you, but. Why would you ever think that you'd be a bother to me? I just, I felt so alone, I didn't know who to reach out to or... I'm, I'm so sorry, Becca. Ashley lets loose and cries. She gives Beckett a loving embrace. They both hold on to each other tightly. In the very next edit, we resume normal cinematic POV. Brent comes running out on the street ahead of them, holding two skateboards up in the air. Yo, Max, we heading out or what? Yeah, sure. Max waves with his one free arm, the other one still clinging to grasp uh, with Beckett's hand. Beckett and Ashley separate and Max looks at Beckett. She smiles at him and Ashley watches. Hey, um, let, me, let me see your phone. Uh, it's, it's dead. Here, you can use mine. I promise not to stalk you or anything. The kid smiles and puts her number in the phone and hands it back to Brent. She looks at Max. Thanks for knowing who I was. Give me a call sometime. Well. Okay. Max reaches for Brent's cell phone, but Brent doesn't let him have it. The two play this game all the way down the street. Beckett smiles and she turns back to Ashley. 
I'm sorry, Ash. Look, I know I've been a terrible friend. No, no, Beckett, I'm sorry. I mean, how can I not know about something like this? It's my fault. I, I should have known that something was wrong since we haven't talked. I just can't believe you wouldn't tell me. I mean, you know my parents and I would do anything to help you at all. I'm, I know. I know. My mom was just too proud about the whole situation. And she kept going on tour for as long as she could. And she promised me not to tell anyone, so I didn't. I'm so sorry. Just then the female cop from earlier walks up to Morgan, who is now laying down the cement, passed out. Someone know this girl? I got her, officer. I'm gonna take her home. You've been drinking tonight? No, ma'am. Find that a little hard to believe with everything that's gone down here tonight. Officer, I swear, my brother it, it's is- It's fine, it's fine, she's my sister. Are you okay? Yeah. Hello, Beckett? Hi. Okay, just wanted to make sure you guys were getting home safe. Thanks, big bro. <laughs> I can give you a ride too. I was just gonna drop Morgan off anyways. No, thank you, but I'd rather walk. Okay. Um, I missed you. Me too. I'm gonna call you tomorrow and then we can hang out, catch up some more. I'd really like that. So I guess I'll be seeing you. See you. Beckett smiles as she turns around and walks toward home in the late hours of the night. Ashley watches her walk away. Dissolved to State Street, Beckett walks the sidewalk alone. The entire town is empty and quiet. It is the hour before sunrise. The things we do to avoid displeasure from others. High school's filled with such turmoils. Everyone tries their best, and it can be beautiful sometimes. As Beckett walks, the others appear behind her, Morgan, Tommy, Brent, Daniel, Aziz, Ryan, Josh, Anthony, Max, and Ashley. Maybe when I grow up, there'll be another party and I'll have to make the decision again of what to do. But until the night comes, I'll live to appreciate life every day, knowing that I have my mother there guiding my way. Beckett lays down in the middle of the street as the others stand and watch. Beckett 